0: what's going on everyone happy friday how we doing big friday oh if, if we're bringing the same energy we had last week cole it's gonna be another good one it's always some is. Good, some good stuff
1: it always is oh man yo ho david oh, wow. that's awesome david congrats
0: way to go let's go i think
1: amazing. we're seeing a lot of
0: those we're only starting to see the beginning of yep. of people who started in chip 30 and have kept going and hitting their stride that's the best part 30 days 30, 30 you can do a lot in 30 days but you can do a lot in a year yeah that's uh I, i'm sure we found that this as well and hopefully a lot of you are feeling it as well too Yep. what changes any wins from the week any any big formatting adjustments? Zero to one, you drop a new headlines. We got some cool frameworks we're gonna talk about today. One three one, right? It's like a zero to one moment. You just start writing differently. You write emails. You write Slack messages. It's you go boom right away. I, I use it every day. I, I it's a game changer. It's the only way to put it. Yeah. One three one, without even thinking about it, you start to think in one three one, which is even better, <laughs> right? It's like. How do i get attention how do i follow up and then how do i send them on their way if you write individual tweets if anyone's experimenting with twitter or um i talk about this in the membership data-driven twitter writing or twitter mastery we're calling it now um the best tweet formats are one through one you yeah. initial like if you scroll my twitter you'll see one through one whether it's one sentence three bullets one sentence uh it's just a uh, shift 30 is like learning a new language i like that a lot mm-hmm. yeah exciting things in the works for me and Cole. Cole and I are starting the digital writing podcast today so we'll have the first episode out for you guys it's going to overlap with some of the stuff we talk about in Trip 30, we're going to talk about some new stuff too, uh, so we're pumped to get that going, they'll be on YouTube we're going to do transcripts so you can read along, it's going to be just a blog post on it we're, we're going to up our game here um, into the last few weeks, very excited Awesome. Good stuff, Charlie. Thanks, Sid. Appreciate it. Yeah, how how are your uh, opt-in partner matches going? Got to meet with your three-person cohort. Awesome. Yeah, we'll talk more about the membership uh, Tuesday, maybe Friday next week. You'll get a bunch of information on it. Don't worry. Uh, All right, let's go for it. Happy Friday. Today, happy Friday. A couple quick things. If you haven't filled out the goals and feedback survey, um, we just want to get a little bit more about you and your writing goals and things you're still struggling with. Feedback on Trip 30 so far. This is the last survey we'll ask you for. So everyone who fills this out gets access to the bonus AMA session we will do once the cohort ends and a couple other bonuses we, we have some Ship 30 swag in the works. So you'll get early access and some, some good deals on that and a few more things. So long story short, fill that survey out. Super helpful for us. So many, I think we're up to almost 50% of everyone has filled that out already. Um, live session number eight. Remember we're at 7 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday next week. So switch into the later session. And then uh, other than that, keep sharing your learnings in public. I'm seeing great essays, and threads and images and all that good stuff after each session, and uh, I'm blown away with the creativity. So let's keep it up. Let's keep writing. Um, that's all I got. Cole, any any quick ones?
1: No, I think that's it. I, I just want to give a shout out to everyone who you know showed up here, and those who end up watching the uh, the live later in a video. But wow, I was pulling essay examples this week, and the improvement from a week ago to now, like. Night and day, like night and day. You can see all like single sentence openers. Uh got one three one for rhythm working. We've got cleaner organization. Like it was like watching just hundreds of atomic essays just all upgrade overnight. And it was it was so cool to see. I love it. Um, so we pulled a bunch of examples uh for this week to really dig into the formatting stuff again. I just want to share as the overarching POV, you know, what we're, we're here to help um, if, we're, if by chance we're pointing out your essay as an area of improvement. Obviously, it's, it's not intended to be a negative thing. This is all positive. We just want everyone to learn and to get better. So uh, pulled some examples of things that we think worked really well, pulled some examples of areas where we feel like there's still room for improvement. But let's dig in. We've got four big uh, formatting frameworks we want to share with you this week the one chip rule, three second sec. uh, Oh, my mistake. Three second sections that should say story subheads and uh, visually enticing versus visually dense. So each of these are just different ways of thinking about, you know, as you go through the writing process, how do you, when you're looking at something, you know, like this question of editing, what are you editing for? You know, okay. Am I, what do I want to improve about my essay? So these are just four different ways of looking at your writing uh, that we think will be really helpful here.
0: All right, what do we got first? Framework All right, so number one. you want to explain this, this is, one, Dickie? Yeah, this is one of my favorite frameworks. and so I'm going to pull up my essay that I wrote about it. And if you've ever tried to eat one ship, anyone ever tried to do that from a bag? They see the bag, it's like, eh, I'll just have one. It's more or less impossible.
1: I've been trying and my whole
0: I, life. Right. I've started to think about that. And I think your goal as a writer should be to get the reader to eat just one chip and everything from your headline, your first sentence, it should be optimized for your reader to just say, all right, fine, one chip. So however you can convince them to do that. But here's the thing about when you eat a whole bag of chips at the end, you feel horrible, right? You say, ah, dang it. I wanted one and I ate the whole bag. And that's where I think the root of clickbait articles come in where They get them to eat one chip and they get to the bottom and they feel horrible. They're like, oh, you just wasted my time. You didn't deliver. And it just, you got me to eat one chip. I ate the whole bag and now I regret it and I don't like you anymore. Right? So your job as a writer is to get them to eat one chip, but instead of leaving them disappointed and upset and sad, you send them on their way with six pack apps. So you convince them to eat the whole bag. And then once they finish, it's like, oh my goodness, look at my new washboard stomach because I just read what you put. So it's this little framework, I think to both counter clickbait to, you wanna use every framework in the book to get people to actually read what it is you're writing, but then deliver on whatever you get them to read. So I think people get caught up sometimes and I don't wanna do clickbait or I don't wanna use this title format or whatever it is. And you need to view it through the lens of, it is your responsibility to get as many people to read what it is you're writing, if it is high quality. So you want to use every trick in the book, but then deliver on the promise you're making. So I think about it as I'm going to get my reader to eat one chip based on the headline, based on the first sentence, get them to keep going, eat the whole bag. And then when they get to the end, they're like, that was the best bag of chips I've ever eaten. I feel great. I look great and I'm going on my way.
1: Yep. That's exactly it. There's a, Well, in the last session, we talked about all the different single sentence openers. You want to think of those openers as the first chip. You know, your headline is the first chip, right? These are just different ways of getting the reader to stick their hand in the bag, get a little bit bit of that nice pringly, uh, Mm. you know, salt and garlic and, you know, on their fingers, right? You need to have it stick around a little bit. And then once that first chip is down... There's no way they're not going to be like, let me just, let me just grab one more. And I wanted to pull this, this essay is an awesome uh, one chip opener in the first two lines specifically. I think the headline could be improved, but I want to focus on the opener here. So the opener is at the beginning of 2021, I accepted a new role at work. And then interestingly this is a this is more of a unique mechanism right then bolding the next sentence really tells me hey you know i just need you to stick around for one more chip just one more and i'm going to tell you something really really important right this doesn't work if what you say isn't important right but notice the second sentence then says 3 months later i was asked to nominate someone else from my team to replace me i read the whole essay in like 12 seconds like i was like Okay, two sentences in, we go from a high of, I just get promoted to the very next sentence is the low of, and now I got to find the person to replace me, right? And that is the epitome of how do you get to the most exciting part instantaneously, right? Like, imagine if you opened a bag of chips and they said, hey, I know you signed up for salt, pepper, and garlic, right? I know that's what the bag says, but the first tranche of tips or of, of chips, sorry, is all just plain, like whole wheat. (laughs) They, they don't taste like anything, right? But, but if you eat all the whole wheat chips down to the bottom of the bag, then at the very end, we give you some salt, pepper, and garlic chips. You would be like, no, I'm going to go back to the store and I'm going to go find the bag that gives me the salt, pepper, and garlic. The very first chip I pull out of that bag. That is the way you think about it is like, how do I take the most exciting, most interesting, most enticing, weird, unique insight, interesting question, well, and put it at the very top. Start there. Don't mm. I ease into it. And then I put it at the bottom of the bag, right? right away. And the moment I read that second sentence, I was like, you've got my attention. Let's go. Let's go on this journey. I'm ready.
0: You get them to open the bag and you put the best chips on top and then they're going. And then you get to the bottom and somehow magically, none of those calories count. Right?
1: And what you just said, Dickie, that's, that's exactly right. You, you put the best chips on top and you simultaneously have to make sure that when they get to the bottom, you, they don't find the inverse problem, right? Mm. They don't find that all the whole wheat chips were buried at the bottom. So it turns out it wasn't what they actually wanted, right? You got to make sure that, oh, you weren't lying about the ingredients, right? Tastes great. And then they eat the whole thing and then they feel shitty, right? So it, writing is this game of like, I need to make it interesting all the way down. I need to make it valuable all the way down. I need to make it, I, I, I need to make it so that when the reader starts and when the reader finishes, they, were, they are equally satisfied. I loved the first chip and I loved finishing the bag. Hmm. And that's it. So just keep that in mind. We write a whole book about
0: this one. I love this. Seriously, seriously. And yeah, so much here. But anyway, just keep this in mind. I I think it's been super helpful for me as I've been writing recently. It's like, how do I deliver on a promise but get them to open the bag?
1: Yeah. So if it's helpful.
0: Here, I was going to say just real quick, look at this. Notice the opener at the beginning of 2021. Moment in time. Yep. Instead, like here's the opposite. It could be, I started a new job this year. That is complete, it's saying the same thing. But one of them is I need to go grab my blanket and a cup of tea and sit up by the fire because I'm in a story. And the other is just a fact. Right? So yep. these little bit of words say the same thing, but just uh, uh, that that's what jumped out to me is not only are they using... This is like a 111 or really a 131 one where you bold the middle but mm-hmm. um, moment in time opener great work
1: That's exactly right notice the difference if this just started with I accepted a new role at work versus I just accepted a new role at work one word just implies urgency right mm. hey this just happened you should you should pay attention to this and then a third right at the beginning of 2021, I accepted a new role at work. That practically sounds like the opener of a TED talk, right? Like you can feel the, I'm bringing you in, right? So so all of these little mechanisms that we're pointing out, they, they work for a reason. So the one chip rule is you want to go back to the, uh, our last session and all those single sentence openers. You know, what are the ways that I can bring the readers in, get them to start eating, and then all the way down, give them, here's another one. Here's another one, right? So there's I want to point out, these are two examples I found. Again, overall, the writing is the writing is great, but you just pay attention to how the reader gets into it. Right. So here, this first sentence here on the left, through your career, you'll need to manage relationships, work with data, and deliver results. So again, it's really helpful to read your writing out loud. And as I read this first sentence, the answer I kind of said to myself was, I was like, okay. You know, like it's a whole wheat chip, right? Like through your career, you'll need to manage relationships, work with data and deliver results. Like, yeah. Like that's pretty standard stuff. Like I, I know that already, you know, I, there's nothing in there really that's, that's dangling the, Hey, you got salt, pepper and garlic here on your fingers. Like let's, let's go. Right. So a lot of times, especially when people are starting to uh, write or start sharing their stories or insights, they, they kind of approach it as like, I just need to say the thing. And in the very, very beginning, that's enough. You, you go, hey, I just need to put one foot in front of the other. I want to say the thing. But now, you know, we're a couple of weeks into ship 30. Now it's not just saying the thing. It's saying the thing in a way that pulls the reader along. And if when you say something, if the reader's answer is just, okay, you know, then you're handing them a whole wheat chip. No, nobody likes whole wheat chips. You know, we, we like that sour cream and onion. Mm. So that's what, that's what you're going for. Same, same thing with here on the right. There's nothing more exhausting than conversations about diet without even meaning to, I noticed that my brain immediately said, I totally agree, which is why I don't want to keep reading. Conversations about diet are exhausting. And you're telling me you're probably going to have a conversation with me about diet. So like, okay, you know, so you have to find ways to like, how do you, how do you a- ask a thought-provoking question or how do you tease where this is going to go? Or how do you, you know, here's the beginning of the story and here's the end of the story. Now let's fill in the middle. That's what, that's what this is. This is, here's the beginning, here's the end. Now keep reading, we'll fill in the middle. So there are these little mechanisms that you can use to pull readers along.
0: Yeah, and that's that Nothing to add on this one, but just uh, it's very helpful to go through and look at your own writing through this lens of, am I, it's really the okay test, right? Mm -hmm. You want to say fewer things that just say, okay, you know, it needs to be some kind of curiosity, some kind of what's next, some kind of what are you telling me that's different.
1: Yeah. And even if you're saying something that's very direct, like both of these are doing something right in it's a single sentence you know it's it's a it's a single sentence strong opener but we got to look at like what is it really saying though you know so we're getting the formatting right but now we got to look at the content of it right what are you really saying what where is this going to go so that's where all these pieces kind of fit together you know it's not just the formatting it's not just the content it's not just the style right it's it's all of it together so if especially in the beginning, if you're like writing and you're going, ah, this is so frustrating. Like that's because you're learning how to juggle, right? You're learning how all these puzzle pieces fit together.
0: Here, go back to this one. So this, someone asked, what would you change in number two? And it's just, as as I read that intro, it says, I would know I've led a fair share of them over the last five years. I've been totally committed to my fitness. I've been a disciple of almost every nutritional church there is. So what, there's, what this essay is saying is I've been, here's a bunch of my experience. I'm here to tell you that you're probably having the wrong conversation or you're not thinking about it mm-hmm. the right way. So you want to lean on that credibility. I would take out the first sentence and the second sentence and say, over the last five years, I've been a disciple of every nutritional church there is. Boom, credibility, right? Or something, something along those lines. And then if that tied in nicely to the headline, right, you could see how that would kind of get the reader down the page. But it, it's always a, a trade between your headline leading into that first sentence. So based on this headline, that might not work, but that was what came to mind for me.
1: Yeah, that, that's a great point. Notice the difference between there's nothing more exhausting than conversations about diet versus over the past five years, I've tried every diet imaginable. And they all taught me the same painful lesson, mm. right? And then immediately, immediately, I'm just making it up. Everyone here is asking themselves, what is the lesson? <laughs> right? I, I just made it up and I'm asking myself, Cole, what's the lesson? I don't know what the lesson is, right? So when you do things like that, the reader immediately goes, that's an interesting chip, chomp, chomp. Tell me the lesson. And then the second sentence is, and the lesson is denana. And it taught me three really important things about denana chip, chip, chip. Okay. Well, what are the three things, right? Oh, thing number one, chip, I read, right? So each of these is you're moving the reader further and further and further down the page. And so if your first version is, I just need to say what I'm going to say. Okay, that's fine. But then you need to take it a step further and go, how do I then pull the reader?
0: I mean, how you just reverse engineered that, Cole, just blows my mind. Um, so the we need to go and look at that again. Because you basically just said, if you've learned a lesson, here's a template to write about learning that lesson. Yep. Right. My credibility taught me this lesson. Here's what the lesson was. Here's what I learned from it. Right. Very, very yep. simply. Yeah. Because that's all this is. This is a, a reverse engineering. You, you replace anything. All this is, is my experience with diet taught me a lesson about this. So whatever experience you have taught you a lesson about whatever it is you learned and here's how you go about presenting it. So very cool.
1: Yep. Oh, now that's given me so many ideas. I feel like we can create like visual graphics of like story structures like that, I think that would be really helpful for people.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like a automated ghost writer, in a sense. Yeah. Right. You help people write whatever it is they want to write about. All right. We'll talk about this later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> framework number two. See, we're doing it. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. So, framework number two. So, this is three second section. So, what this means is, can the reader? visually get a sense of your piece in three seconds. That's the test. And the test is, as soon as they click, can they do scroll, scroll, and get a quick glimpse into what is this, where is this going, right? And I can tell you, when I when I found this essay, here's exactly what happened. I saw the headline, I go, interesting, click. I read the first sentence. And then after reading the first sentence, I skimmed to subhead number one, subhead number two, subhead number three. I saw they were all even. I saw they were all organized well. And I immediately thought, this essay is probably pretty good. And then I went back to the beginning and I started reading. And when you really slow down, this is what's happening. Okay. Your readers are not like, (laughs) no one goes on the internet and goes, okay, Let me click on one piece of content and slowly consume it linearly from top to bottom. And once I have sufficiently consumed it, then I will go back and I will do it again for the next one, right? That's not how we consume. We're like, click, boom. I got five different screens open. Dickie sends me a link. Oh, my mom texts me. I got seven different, I'm scrolling, right? Like it's very sporadic. So if you want to hook readers, you have to pass the three second test. Three second sections are boom, boom, boom. I got it. And in an atomic essay, it's very easy to organize it in thirds, right? Idea one, idea two, idea three.
0: Yeah, this is, I talk about this as a hierarchy. And Cole just basically walked through the hierarchy. And this is something you should start to pay attention with how you consume content too. Um, it's, I saw the headline. I read the first sentence. I'm in, I'm kind of in now convince me with your formatting, right? The next ship is you've laid it out where I can probably get a grasp for it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I actually read this exact same essay and think I had the exact same thing. I saw, I almost didn't join ship 30. It's like, Oh, interesting. I want to know why, but I don't really want to lead, read this block of text, even though it's a one, three, one, my guess is you're going to give me three lessons. Oh, here they are. Three reasons uh-huh. now. I want to go read this whole thing. Right. We're lazy. We don't want to read this whole thing. It's like I want to know why you didn't almost didn't join. Like that was my mm-hmm. immediate reaction. So then I jump to does he tell me? He kind of does. Or he tells me why he's very glad he did. Now I'm gonna read the whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna let everybody in here on a little secret. I've uh I've been ghostwriting for a long time. I've been freelancing writing for a long time been a hired writer for a long time. How it looks visually dramatically changes how other people value it. So when someone, I don't even have to read this essay to think it's good. And the reason I think that is because it's visually pleasing to look at. Do you see like how the white space over here, like I have one short sentence to start easy, that's an easy chip to eat. Right. And I have all these sections aren't too long. I've got some one, three ones here. Okay, cool. I can kind of fly through those. And then I have these nice clean boldings, right? Everything looks like capitalized correctly, everything, you know, it just, it's visually pleasing to look at. And what I've learned writing for so many people is that you could give someone the same exact content, Formatted differently, and one of them they will look at and go, "Boy, uh, this thing's a disaster." We're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to rewrite this whole thing, and then the other one you give it to them and they're like, "I didn't read a word of it, and I love it." And that's formatting. That's why that's why we say formatting is the easiest ten x you can make in your writing. Period. So I just want everyone to take this in for a second. Notice how visually pleasing this is to look at. And when you're writing, if you've got like one section that's super long and another section that's really short and you, you know, you've got 17 things bolded over here but nothing bolded over here, right? Don't just think about it logically, look at it like a visual work of art, right? How does it look? And this is why certain threads go viral because they're formatted really well. This is why atomic essays go viral because they're formatted really well. All of the most popular medium writers all format their stuff almost identically because everyone has learned on the internet. If you format it with these best practices, the likelihood that readers will read it go up 100x. So we're giving you the best practices. So please take them to heart.
0: We're all in the product design business, folks, whether you realize it or not.
1: Yes. So now let's look at... Okay so just uh. you can tell right just just feel the the visceral feeling in your body when you look uh. at writing that is not formatted okay just you can feel it you don't even know why you don't want to read it but i'm telling you the reason why you don't want to read it is because it's not organized and so again it's not notice this has nothing to do with the writing <laughs> nothing it has nothing to do with what is being said it is purely if you are presenting this information, it could be great writing. Awesome job, right? Awesome job. Except it needs to be put in a box, right? It's like when you buy an Apple product, okay? There's a reason why the Apple product comes in the little suction box, right? They go, oh, I want it to be handled. I want it to feel like this was crafted just for you, right? When you open an essay like this, I can't go back. Why is this? When you open an essay like this, it feels like it was made for you, right? You appreciate the fact that it was constructed. And very subconsciously, you notice it, you value it. But when you open something like this, you go, you didn't really make this for me, right? And that, that's the thing that we want to help solve. So very basic formatting stuff can go a long, long way.
0: Couple, uh, examples. Anyone noticed anything about the headline on the one on the right as well? Yeah. S- same exchange box, right? We can do better. We can do better. And I think he, Andrew, I think that's Andrew has definitely improved those, but you look at the one on the left, right? I would love to have read this. I think I came across it and didn't read it. Um, it's, you could very easily lay this out in a super, user experience-focused, empathetic writing way. It's like, here are my 12 observations about XYZ, a little bit better of a headline, and then it's some bold, like even just this one could have done so well, which is like a three-word description, bold, period, and then describe the bullet. So I Mm -hmm. could at least skim the bullets. I have no way to even see if these bullets are relevant, Mm -hmm. right? So just picture this one with, if just the first five words were, and it was a short sentence for each bullet and they bolded them, writing bite-sized essays still isn't easy. I've not committed to my sacred hours. You know, it's hard to break a streak once it's going. If those were just simply bolded and I could have skimmed the whole thing, one, I might've just gotten them and kept going, but then I also could have read the whole thing. So.
1: I want to, I want to take this one step further. Dicky. you're totally right. And here's this is where the online writing game gets very meta. Okay. So Dickie, if this was your essay and you did that and you were like, you know, here's my seven observations from 20 days of ship 30 for 30. And you had seven quick, you know, daily writing habit, blah, 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 mm. each one. Right. Then I come along and I see your essay. I'm probably going to write an essay called Dicky's seven observations from writing Ship 30. And where am I going to get those seven observations? I'm going to get them because those were the seven things that you bolded in your thing. So if people, if you want to know how ideas travel, it's like you organize it in your box and put it out into the world. And then someone else curates your box with the things that you said were important because you bolded them and you brought attention to them, right? And then someone else curates their curation of your thing. But it all starts with you are the one who gave the information. If here, if it's all just kind of mixed together, the reader doesn't know, wait, what are you saying are the most important things? And because I don't know, I can't talk about it. And that's why then the content doesn't travel.
0: And, and even one step further, right? So say you atomize these bullets, and it's very easy to say, I'm talking about this bullet or that bullet because you can reference it and it's, hey, bullet number four, which you said this. When we talk about kind of that data-driven writing, if someone resonated specifically with one bullet, then you go down the rabbit hole of asking questions about why, what is it about that, right? So you could say, if someone was like, oh, I resonated with the sacred hours idea, you can mm-hmm. go and reformat and talk about a new way if like how to ha- how to have sacred hours with a a varying schedule. This is just where my mind goes when you have clearly defined bullets, you give people something to latch on to, comment on. And it that's how you keep writing. Right. I'll I'll give an example. I wrote a thread yesterday on Pixar's storytelling. And the way I'm going to go through that and look at the data is every individual tweet, I'm going to look at which one got the most engagement and ask why. And the one I already knew was this one that's they call the story spine. It's like once upon a time, there was blank and then blank until blank, but once blank and then finally blank. And that one, people were like, whoa, that's the coolest thing ever. So what can you do with that? How can I Mm -hmm. take that for how to use Pixar's story spine as an entrepreneur telling a story? Right. That's where my head goes with this. And so I just wanted to take you inside that with a bullet point list of how you can go about doing that.
1: That's exactly, that's exactly right. I just, and let's just put an asterisk uh, on all of this. Imagine buying a book with no table of contents. Imagine opening a book with no chapter dividers. It's literally just, it's just text for 300 pages. <laughs> There's no breaks. <laughs> There's no separations. There's no, you're in this idea, then you're in this idea, right? You would be like, what the hell am I looking at? And you would be angry. You would be angry. That's the thing that we want to get, get across. You as a reader would be upset. You would feel like your time was being wasted, that the writer doesn't care about you and that it's all about them. And they did nothing to help you along the way. And I know that sounds extreme, but that is how readers feel when they open something that hasn't been formatted. We talked about really smart people VCs who write these long, like, you know, esoteric, here's my perspectives on the future of technology. And I want to read it. I want to care about it. And I open it up and it's not formatted. And I go, you don't care about me, do you? And then I get upset and then I don't read it, right? That is what's happening in your readers. That is the emotion they feel. So take that to heart and care about the way that it is being presented.
0: Why don't we talk? Why don't we name this? It's imagine if your iPhone came in a Ziploc. Like half the fun of getting an iPhone is that unboxing experience, right? The reason it's so amazing, you peel that, you know, right off the top and whatever. So pay attention to your product packaging. Um, that's exactly and for, right. with your writing, that's format.
1: So here real, real quick. I mean, let's just get a sense in the chat. Is this something that you're thinking about as you're writing, you know, for the past few essays, have you been dividing the page into thirds? You know, is is this, do you have room for improvement here? What, how, how does this feel on, on your own writing? Just throw, throw, throw it in the chat because this, I think is really important. And sometimes with these ideas, you know, we'll share, And then we'll go read the essays for the next week, and like half the people will implement it, and the other half will be like, "Yeah, I think you're wrong." (laughs) And it's like, "Okay, that's fine." But you know, just it's just helpful to get a sense of is this something that you're thinking about when you write? Are you visually constructing it?
0: What do we got for lines? Good.
1: Yeah, not consciously yet. Yeah, that's the whole. Goal, you know, walk away from this and try and do it. Try and do this more consciously. Yeah, wasn't deliberate about it. Yeah, carry. I mean, that's great room for improvement, right?
0: Prepping the page. Yep, that's a good one. Bum, bum, bum. Three, five, seven, two, three short sections. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Good. Are these name frameworks kind of sticking in your head a little bit? Like, are you walking out of here with the one chip rule, top of mind, three-second sections as you're writing, right? All of these, that's what we're trying to do, is give you something tangible to latch onto. These are all new, uh, all new names. So for anyone who's been in SHIP 30 since January or February, clearly we're we're drawing new stuff here.
1: Yeah. And um, yeah, Ben, you asked a great question. You know, if you have a longer list or you have more than three ideas, you know? I mean, same thing. You you could have single sentence ideas with single sentence descriptions, right? As long as you just have to find a way to draw attention to the reader saying, this is what's important. If you have 10 points that are important, then just break each one out, right? And make sure that the reader knows that. And I just also want to emphasize here, I mean, again, the reason why we we write atomic essays. And the reason why we practice with this is if you can understand formatting, oh my gosh, you have a superpower that very few other people have. Do you, how many people here get work emails that are poorly formatted that you're like, seriously, you sent me three novel length paragraphs in a row. You think, what am I going to do? Cur- like curl up with a blanket and a cup of coffee and read your email? No, make it skimmable, Right. Same thing with really long slack messages, same thing with poorly formatted bios. Right? Like this is not a like this is not a just us thing, right? Like formatting is one of the most important parts of communicating. And if you understand formatting, you can do everything from rewrite your bio to construct a TED talk. You know, it's all just ways of wrapping information. Yeah, email marketing, oh, it's all formatting. All right. Here's the third one for all for all the storytellers out there, okay? Story subheads. So what this means is your reader should be able to understand the whole arc of the story from your subheads. All right? So the same way that a list, you know, if you're not if you're not telling a story, you're you're giving a list of information. It could be a how-to list, you're breaking things out into steps, right? Each one of those steps, each one of those points should be Step one, tell me what step one is, right? Step two, tell me what step two is, okay? Well, stories are very much the same. It's just instead of each step, you have each meaningful milestone in the story, right? So if you were to summarize, okay, I'm gonna tell you a story. Now I'm gonna summarize it in three meaningful milestones, right? You'd be like, meaningful milestone number one, I was, I was driving to work and it was an average day. Meaningful milestone two, turns out it was not an average day and I got fired. Meaningful milestone three, I drove home and on my way home, I got a call from a friend and we decided to start our first company together. That's the whole story, right? And so whenever you're telling a story, you want to break out what are each of the meaningful milestones and make that your subhead. And the reason is because again, how do readers read? They're going to click, they're going to maybe read the first sentence, and then they're going to skim the subheads. Okay. So here, if we read just the subheads, just the subheads say, then I was pushing Ashley in a stroller late at night to pawn my wedding ring while she chugged her last bottle of milk. Whoa, we are like in the action of the story, right? And then we read the second subhead. Oh, problem. The pawn shop was closed. And then third, I'm lucky. Things never got that bad again. Okay, so I don't even have to read the story to get a sense of there are things at stake. I understand kind of what the arc of the story is. Now that I've bought into it, now I want to go back and I want to read, okay? And Jenny, you ask a great question, okay? What if we feel like we give away too much in the subheads that makes the reader see the subheads and just say okay. All right, let me put it this way. Everyone knows what happens in Harry Potter. Do you go read the book? Yeah, of course you do. Right? Like when your friend tells you the ending of a show, do you still go watch the show? Yeah, of course you do. Because you want to you want to know all the nuances. So writers always have again, it's like it's like the chip rule with the whole wheat chips. They there's this fear of oh no, if I give away too much too quickly, then the reader is not going to care. Well, here's a different way of thinking about it. If you don't give away anything at all, you don't have the reader's attention, period. Right? So it's this balance of you don't don't operate from the mindset of scarcity, right? Oh, I can only give the reader so much. Instead, be like, I want to give you everything I can as quickly as I can, in as skimmable of a fashion as I can, because I know that I only have a limited amount of time to get your attention and for you to care. And then once they do care, then they go, okay, cool, I wanna dive, dive more into the story. Mm. Spot on. Nothing to add on that. This is such an underrated thing. I'm, t- I'm telling you, like, this mechanism is something I notice so few writers use. Make your subheads tell the story. If your subheads tell the story, your readership will go up by a factor of 100. Because readers want to skim it first. They want to know, what is this about? Do I care? Right? And it's
0: not that, I, I think people get caught up in, oh, what if, like, I don't want people to skim my writing. Like, I want them to read it deeply. And your the goal isn't to make your writing skimmable for the sake of skimmability it's skimmable skimmable for the sake of giving them a jumping off point so they will read it deeply. this trade-off of ah if I do too much formatting people are just going to skim it is not true people are going to skim it and then decide oh I really want to read this and then actually read it right uh-huh. so you're just getting them in with your formatting it's not really solving a you're not delivering any more value because of it it's just saying they're going to make a quick decision whether or not they want to keep reading and the, the easier you can make that decision for them the better it's going to go
1: mhm also just think of you making it the subhead you're just putting a spotlight on it right mm-hmm. like imagine you're watching a movie and and each of the most climactic parts the, the director was like yeah we don't really want it. we don't want to tell the viewers that this is important let's try and hide this Right, that's not what they do. They're like, oh, ready for the buildup, like ready for the slow pan, ready for the oh, this is really what matters. So we're not we're not advocating for you to like change the content or to dumb it down or anything like that. We're literally just saying take the most important parts and shine a spotlight on them so that the reader knows these are the most important parts and this is what it's really about. And then you'll get them hooked and then they'll enjoy it more and there's more emphasis on what's important, right? Contrast that from here, okay? So just reading these subheads, all right? So the, the overall formatting of this piece on the left is actually pretty good. We, at least we know which section is which section, right? The breakdown occurs in communication is everything, patient pathways make no sense to patients, we're always on show. Right. You as a reader, if you just skim the subheads, you don't really know what's going on. You don't really know what each section is about. It's not really saying anything. It's just like this section is here, this section's here, this section's here. So visually, it's working, but from a, the subheads tell a story perspective, it's not. That's the, the room for improvement. And then the one on the right here, right, there isn't that. So it makes it very difficult to know what am I jumping into? What is this about? What what am I going to get out of this?
0: Yeah, I'm looking at, I I noticed the very first time I read a lot of your writing, Cole, on your full sentence subheads, I thought it was wild. I'd never seen it before. And then I realized Mm -hmm. how helpful it was, like, where it just sticks in the reader's head you're giving them like uh pillars in the ground to kind of get all the way through. I mean, I even it's easy to do this on an atomic essay, but on blog posts now I I skim. I skim to find the headers. What are what are the parts that I'm actually going to find? And if they're full sentences or some kind of clearer thing, it just makes it so much easier.
1: I just want to drive this point home, okay? Here on the left Which one you as a reader, would you be more drawn to, or would you care more about subhead that says communication is everything big, broad, you know, versus full sentence communication is what separates, you know, effective clinicians from ineffective clinicians in driving patient outcomes, whatever, right. The specificity of that. And the fact that it's a complete thought bolded tells the reader, oh, that's in, okay, that's interesting. But if it's just like the subhead where it's like grow, succeed, right? Try, it's, it's you're going for that clever versus clear. Even here, you know, communication is everything. You're in that clever versus clear territory. You got to really tell the reader what, what are we looking at here? and then it, And then the compounding effect is not each one standing just on its own, but you read the subheads in order and it tells you a story. You're like, oh, here's the conflict. Here's the resolution. Here's the outcome. You know, that's, that's the way of thinking about it where then you're on a whole different level. All right, we ready to go to the last one?
0: Yeah, let's do it. I like this one.
1: <laughs> okay, we, we've said it before and we've said it again. We're going to keep saying it. The reader is making a decision. Is this visually enticing, or is this visually dense? Okay, So here, I just want to point out, there are so many amazing mechanisms working in this is just the first half of this uh, of this atomic essay. okay? We have single sentence opener. And notice the hook, right? All my life, moment in time, all my life. I've wanted to be a father. One year ago, I became one. Okay. So we've got two different moment in times working. Amazing. All right. And then we go into a quick bulleted list, three bullets. And then we go into big section, exactly what we just talked about, right? It, this, the big section isn't saying parenting. It's saying nobody tells you how hard it is to be a parent, right? And then beneath that, we have three things that are hard for being as being a parent, right? It's difficult financially. It's difficult emotionally. It's difficult sleep cycle wise. Okay. So just step back. Notice how we're not even reading it linearly. All we're doing is we're going, this idea is stacked on top of these three ideas, is stacked on top of this bigger idea, is, uh, and inside is wrapped these sub ideas, right? It's a Lego set. It's a, it's a Jenga tower. It's like the way that it's all being built, okay? And all of these mechanisms that we're teaching you are all things that can be built on top of each other. So what makes this work is that it is visually enticing and easy to understand. All right? And then we'll show some examples of visually dense. But Dickie, anything you want to point out on this one?
0: I mean, this this essay should be in the Hall of Fame. Like headline, four life lessons from a new dad that will keep you from hitting the panic button. Right? Very clear for who, for what. So that, you know, how many, perfect job. Intro sentence. Very easy. I probably would have jumped to, I think he could have teased something about, here's what I learned at that earlier part. But just so I, because I would have jumped to this. Nobody tells you how hard it is to be a parent. I would have been a little confused, but I mean, this is just, it's hitting on everything. It's readable. It's quick. You're right into the action. You have a compelling headline. You're solving a specific problem. You're writing for one person. Right. Look at this. It's just execution on so many of the things we've we've talked about in the last three weeks. So, excellent job, Chris. This is this is good.
1: Let's let's just walk through the chips here because the chip the chip stack is amazing. Okay. All my life I've wanted to be a father. One year ago I became one. Okay. We got a beginning of the story. We got the end of the story. Okay. So the reader goes, interesting first chip. Let's you just became a father. Let's see what that leads to. Right. And what I found was that being a father was nowhere near what I thought it was. And the eye immediately sees three bullets under it. And each of the bullets start with, I thought. So they go, okay, let's see what you thought being a father was gonna be like. Chip, 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 crunch, 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 right? And then, oh boy, was I wrong. Here's what I learned. Oh, okay, you were wrong. You're gonna tell me what you learned. Interesting, okay, next chip, big, bolded subhead. Nobody tells you how hard it is to be a parent. And I can see underneath that, that there's three points he's going to make, chip, 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 right? So each one of these things is it's being constructed where the reader's eye, it's like, you know how people say the, the Facebook algorithm or the Instagram algorithm is like when you scroll, you ever notice like one piece of content never fills the whole screen? You always see the top of the next piece of content and that's what prompts you to go, just one more chip, right? Just one more. That's what really great writing does. Really great writing teases the eye and says, hey, if you just keep reading a little bit longer, I'm going to give you the next really valuable thing. That is so effective compared to, right? Here, even though we've got, you know, two big boldings here kind of separating, look at even just this intro paragraph. We haven't even read a single word and the eye feels like this is dense, you're asking a lot of me. And when I pull back and look at this whole thing, right? If there's there's no bullets, there's no, there's no breakouts, there's very few like one, three, one sort of sing- single standalone sentences. So the feeling is this is really taxing. This is very dense to look at. I don't want to put myself through this. Okay, and then same thing here. If you notice, there's so many things bolded And we've got bold, list, 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 bold, 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 right? It's so, it's now you've taken the thing that is intended to draw emphasis. And now when you bold everything, it's kind of like bolding nothing. The reader goes, I don't know which one is important. So this is also visually dense, right? Because the reader's eye doesn't know where do you want me to look? Which do you want me to pay attention to first? which circles back to, you know, we said this in like the very first session, I think. If the reader is confused, I'm gone, right? So visually dense is I'm confused, I'm gone.
0: Just tattoo that on your forearm or on your keyboard or wherever it needs to go. Put it right here, right? If confused, gone. Do everything you can to keep them from being confused.
1: So... How are we feeling? Which which of these four frameworks have, have you found most helpful? Is this something that you're still struggling with? Um, yeah, you want to jump
0: back to the, the first slide? Yeah, we uh, can do uh, some. We list them all out.
1: Yeah, and some questions too. You know, if you have questions about any of these, um, throw it in the chat, let us know. But again, this this just comes from, look, years and years and years of hard lessons learned. Promise, promise. These formatting uh, decisions make a huge difference. Hmm.
0: Lots of practice. Well, you get to put them into practice and you can put them into practice for the rest of your writing journey, right? You learn one thing once, you're going to keep going. Yep. Three second sections, story subheads. What I like is everyone's, everyone latched onto something different, right? Everyone latched onto a different one. Mm -hmm. Cool. I mean, they're all gold. Boom. That's what we like to see.
1: Notice too, if you want a great example, um, maybe I'll pull a a screenshot or something, but uh, the intro to Atomic Habits, I think uses the story subheads framework and he's telling his story and he's breaking it out into sections. You know, he's like, and then this meaningful thing happens, right? And he like writes it out in a sentence, a bolded sentence. So you'll start to notice that, again, these are, don't get it confused. These are not like ship 30 growth hacks. You know, like we're talking about, like these are tried and true, fundamental, timeless writing principles that are applicable to everything.
0: Yep. Uh, I see a question on formatting tips and feedback on threads. We're not going to cover threads during this cohort, um, but we have it's a full deep dive in the membership on everything about Twitter threads. But we'll do some stuff on it. Uh, maybe at our our last session, we'll do a quick crash course. But yeah, rules are relatively the same.
1: And also um, in the membership as well, soon uh, we're going to put a whole mini mastery course just on formatting. So I'll go through and I'll pull. Dozens of examples, um, essays that uh, miss the mark on formatting and actually do uh, a bunch of videos rewriting those essays to show how we would reformat them. So I think things like that will be really helpful. But the biggest thing is, you know, once you have these frameworks in mind, put them into practice, try and do one at a time, you know, on your essay today or your essay tomorrow, try and just practice the story subheads or try and break the uh, atomic essay into three sections. You know, just one at a time is the best way to practice. Spot on. Any other questions?
0: What do we got? Thanks, Melvin. Appreciate it. That's the goal. Right? They're not, yeah, they're not chip30 growth hacks. These are you're gonna use these exact frameworks forever. Oh, that's cool to see. Thanks, Melvin. All right. Shall we do some breakout rooms? A little bit of formatting work. And uh, before you jump, if you're not sticking around for breakout rooms, our next live session is Tuesday at 7.30 or 7, 7 Eastern, uh, 7 p.m. And we're going to do kind of a deep dive into how to interpret the data, how to look and ask questions about things you've written using what people have responded, some analytics ratios some things like that that you can dig into. Um, more just general data-driven writing principles. So if I've written a bunch of things, how do I go, how do I get a little bit deeper? We're going to talk about how you can get more specific. We're going to ask a bunch of credibility questions. So that's going to be a good one. And the breakout room prompts will be on the screen. We're going to go through and do just some more um, formatting. Cool, if you want to pull that up when we go. But for anyone who can't stick around, all good. We will see you on Tuesday. And make sure you answer the survey if you haven't yet. And I think that's it.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. I wanna I wanna be able to share these uh, the four frameworks here in. Bring-